Thank you for listening to the teaching podcast of Muncie First Church. If you would like to know more about us, go to MuncieFirstChurch.com. Or if you would like to support a ministry, go to the giving page, MuncieFirstChurch.com slash give. Well, let's jump into the teaching from this last week. Sometimes you write sermons out thinking, yeah, one thing, and then God lets you live through some of it. And you get an experience at first hand, and it's fun, and that's kind of cool. Uh, but anyway, it's good to be together, and I am excited about what God has given me today. I really feel like He has laid this on my heart. I'm not going to have you turn to the Scripture, because I'm going to read it. I, I've, I've done something with it. I want to share it with you in just a few minutes, and, and you'll see why. But um, story, sometime around 18, in 1805, a man named Meriwether Lewis. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Meriwether Lewis? Who's that? He was one of the Lewis and Clark. He's the Lewis of Lewis and Clark. Dipped his hands in the cold water of the mountain streams and thought for sure that he was at the end of the stream where the river, the, the great Missouri River would begin to flow from there and would make its trek across the United States and eventually out to the Pacific Ocean. He was commissioned to do this hunt, to this uh, exploration by Thomas Jefferson. He had been out, and they had been going up the water. Instead of down, they had been going, he and his uh, party had been going up the water, slogging through mile upon mile of, of water. They had had cold, hard nights. They had had mosquitoes like no one could ever imagine. They had run into grizzly bears. They had spent a whole month walking around a mountain, around a mountain, and one of their companions had died. But he believed he had finally reached the place where the mighty Missouri would flow all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. He believed that the most challenging part of his journey was behind him. He believed that he would go over the hill, and when he got over this hill, this hump, that for him would be a plain and that he would walk and he and his men would take their canoes and they'd walk across this plain about a day and a half and then the stream would get bigger and they'd put their boats in and they would float all the way to the Pacific Ocean. Instead, when he got over the hill and the hump, he looked and there was nothing but the Rocky Mountains. Everywhere he looked. And if you've ever been to the Rocky Mountains, you know that it's not just a string of mountains and then it's one range of mountains after another, and it is an incredible sight, but not when you're looking for that river and when you're geared up to float down a river, not climb over mountains. And he learned there was no, no Northwest Passage, there was no river, and he found he had a great trial ahead of him, a trial ahead of him. His whole life was going to be a trial for however long it took to get through that. Because what he had to do, he had to burn his canoes and they had to learn, these guys who were river explorers had to learn how to climb mountains. They had to change their direction. They had to go a different way. Trials and struggles come at us almost every day. Anybody here having trials this week? Amen? Yeah. They come at us every day. And they always come in various forms. Physical dilemmas. Some of you are facing some physical problems right now. There are dilemmas that are just overwhelming and you're not sure what to do with them some of you have financial situations that are just like wow if i'm not careful here i'm going to die in this family issues anybody ever have any family issues before or am i the only one you know darcy and i we never have issues but my kids you know what i mean uh work relationships man work relationships can just be overbearing and over 
and just wear us out and marriage issues. Some trials, they come to us as a result of our own making. I spent more than I should have and then I make and so now I'm in trouble. I'm upside down on some things. I'm pregnant. I'm not married. I'm not even sure I'm dating anybody, but I'm pregnant. Uh, I ate too much and I didn't take care of myself and now I'm overweight and my blood pressure is high and I have a heart issue. I spent too much time when I was younger at work or maybe fishing or, or maybe doing something else, watching the games, and now I don't know my family and now my family and I are at odds. We're separated. Other trials come that are not my fault. My boss, he overextended in his ability to, uh, 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 to, to make the things that we're making and now we have no money and now we're in trouble and we're going to have to close down the shop. The guy ran the red light. He T-boned me. I have a broken leg. Wasn't something I did, but now I'm having a problem. I can't take care of my family. I can't take care of my needs. I have cancer, and I have no idea why. I have done nothing wrong. I just got cancer, and now I'm sick. I'm old, and I can't care for myself. And no one's around to do it for me, and no one's here to help me, and I don't know what I'm going to do in the days ahead. And you can go on and on and on. There are always trials and there's always tribulations and things that face us. Every one of us have circumstances in our lives, some of our own making and our own cause and some not. Some very spiritual and some seemingly completely physical. I think of Job, the man in the Bible, and you've read that book. It's Job, not Job, but um, I I read Job and, and Job, you know, he seems like he's going along. He's doing fine. He's doing everything right. He's one of God's chosen and he's blessed. He has all the stuff. He has everything. And then all of a sudden he starts losing everything and everybody begins to die around him and he loses all of his wealth. But it was because God allowed Satan to test him. Bible said Satan asked to test him and God allowed it. There's various ways that people tend to handle, handle trials. I, I can give you several of them, and, and I was thinking about this. We all handle trials, problems, and temptations differently. Some people stress out completely. Have you ever been around somebody, whenever stuff happens, they just, ah, you know, they just, they're just lost, man. I mean, it's like a spring goes off, and, you know, they're, they're a mess. Some people, some people complain and whine. I'm more in that category. Uh, we complain and whine about stuff. We, man, it's just not fair. Uh, you know, I can remember when Stephen was little, him standing there going, it's not fair. Does that sound about right? I get that? Yeah. I mean, he said that if he said it once about a thousand times. Some give up and quit. I, I know lots of people when things get tough, they quit. They just, they just walk away. They're, they're not going to do it anymore. They're just going to quit. Others immediately start looking for the fastest and easiest way out of every situation. How can I get out of this situation? And, and, and how can I make this pain stop? Others Others embrace challenges and allow them to teach them and they grow into the people that God made them to be from the stress of trials. Most people I know are not excited about going through trials. If you're one of those people that are excited about it, you might, know, might need to go see a psychologist and get some work done on that because you know, we just don't want to go through them if we don't have to. Most people are interested in one thing when it comes to trials and tribulations, and that is simply this, how do I get this to end? How do I get to the other end of this? How do I get out of this situation? Who can I pay a little bit to make this thing go away? We pray, Lord, take this and fix it so I can return to my comfort zone. Because what really is going on when we have trials and tribulations is is that we're being taken out of our comfort zone, out of the place where we are comfortable. 
Seldom do we pray, God, use this to make me holy. We ask God to remove our trials and our tribulations for the wrong reason, not so he can receive the glory, but so we can get back to being comfortable, get back to where everything works for us, back to where I like it to be. But here's a question I have for you. What if God had a plan to use your trials specifically for something? I mean, think about that. What if God allowed you to go through your situation, through the trials that you're facing right now, so that every time he did that, he was using it to refine and rebuild you into something that he has planned for you? What if in every situation, God had a lesson for you to learn? He had something on his mind, and he was going to let you go through it so that you could learn and grow and become more like him. What if God just wants to take your trials and he wants to use those trials to make you holy? That's one we don't really think about, but I think that God uses the trials to refine us and to make us like him. What if the reason we're sitting in our present situation all frustrated and discouraged is because we don't know what to do, because we have shortcut and in run all the previous trials we've ever been faced with, so that we could get back to our comfort zone and we failed to learn the lessons God wants to teach us. What if we're where we're at because we just won't learn? It's like school and studying hard. It's a good idea, by the way, if you're in school to study hard. It'd be much easier, though, to just watch TV and play video games. But if we do that and we don't do the work, we'll find ourselves unprepared at test day. Have any of you, how many of you, when you were in school, ever failed to study for a test? Anybody here want to admit that? And you got there to the test day, and you walked in, and you prayed, God, if you'll get me out of this once, this time I will be a missionary to Africa, I promise, I promise. Anybody here, ever, ever, beside me? Or my, my favorite one, Lord, if you're coming back again, now would be a good time. Because I'm in trouble here. You know, that'd be a good time. That's that's how a lot of us are living our lives right now. We've failed to learn life's lessons. We've not been made righteous, and so we face trials, and we face tough situations, and we're lost as how to deal with them. What do you do with them? And you know, you're sitting there going, well, that's not true about me. I've got everything kind of figured out. I know what I'm doing, but I will promise you someplace along the way, you will come to a trial that you will not be able to fix on your own. And you will need help. And if you don't believe me, that's okay. Write my number down, I'll give it to you. And you call me when you get to it, because it's coming. What if God were using and allowing us to go through our present trials and situations to make us into something better than we are right now? Maybe God's allowing you to go through a situation to to refine you and knock the rough edges off. Maybe to humble you. Maybe to help you see that you're just like everyone else and you need help. Because I don't know about you, but I've walked around at times pretty arrogantly thinking they need it, they need it, but I've got this figured out. I know what I'm doing. Or maybe he's teaching you to love your brother or sister because, you know, they're not very lovable and you're struggling with it, but you need to learn to love them. Or how to forgive and turn the other cheek. Or what if God just wants to show us his presence in everyday life and trials as we overcome Satan and all he throws at us? How else will we know God is real and good and powerful and loving and forgiving unless we go through stuff and learn to test Him? 
Trials are the chaos and the confusion, the conflict of life which every one of us faces. It's, it's coming at us. They're the results of the exploitations of our fallen and broken nature by Satan. And trials are the amplification of our situation by Satan to cause discouragement, fear, and defeat. And when we go through trials, it's easy to become pessimistic. Anybody ever become pessimistic about something and jaded a little bit about things because of the trials? It's easy to begin to feel helpless and to feel hopeless and cynical. The Bible says there's not a trial or a struggle or a temptation that is not common to all men and women everywhere. That you are not in anything that is unique to you. It's the same across the board, all of us. So here's the deal. If we're going to live life in the power and the joy of the kingdom of God, we have to overcome the trial and struggles that come our way. We have to get over these things. We have to get past them. We have to allow ourselves to go through them. We have to walk all the way through and we have to finish the course that we're in. How do we as Christians and as believers in Jesus Christ and as people, how do we overcome trials and struggles? First off, very important that we see the true reality of what we're going through, that we really get this. I think we misunderstand a lot of what we face from day to day. James, who was Jesus' earthly brother, he was his half-brother, who really didn't believe in Jesus while he was here on earth, but once Jesus was resurrected, came to believe in him, wrote a book, we call it James, because his name was James. And in there, he tells us a lot about how we face trials. And so I want to start in verse 2, and I don't want you to turn there. It's going to be up on the board, I believe. I think it's going to be there. And it's a paraphrase that I have done, and I want to read this to you, and I want you to listen. I want you to hear it and listen to it. Become thankful for the many trials you will face in this life because the trials will produce patience and perseverance. If you will allow patience and perseverance to do their full work, perfecting you, making you complete, mature, and lacking nothing. While in the trials, if you lack the wisdom to fully understand, then go to our Papa God and ask Him for the wisdom you need. Papa gives wisdom to all generously and liberally without looking down his nose at us. You will receive all you need. Verse 6 and 7. When you ask Papa for wisdom, don't have any doubts. Ask with great faith and with the knowledge that Papa is always faithful to his kids. To ask and to doubt Papa will give you what you need, makes you wishy-washy. Do you trust him or not? Doubters are double-minded. That means they have one mind that believes Papa loves them and will give them what they need, but they have a second mind that doubts that Papa loves them and will bless them. In fact, they have not really, truly, uh, not really become true believers. They are hopers. They are unstable. They shift back and forth on everything in life. Let me illustrate what I mean. If we are poor and think, well, if I just had lots of money, I could get out of the mess I'm in, then we miss the point of the trials. The poor should rejoice that they do not have the temptation to just buy their way out and miss out on the lesson and the ultimate sanctification that God is bringing into their lives. The rich who can buy their way out should humbly put their money away and go through the trial so they can learn a lesson that will last for a lifetime. The solution to our trials that are, brought, are bought with the world's wealth will quickly burn up and be forgotten and will not lead to growth or sanctification in us. 
How very blessed and fortunate is the person who endures and goes all the way through the temptation and trial and learns and is made to grow and become more like Jesus. That person will receive Papa's approval. He or she will receive the abundant life that Papa has promised to those who will love and trust him. Never let Satan the liar fool you into believing that it is Papa who is tempting you. Papa is never himself tempted to do anything evil or wrong, and he would never use evil to try and test or tempt you. Each one of us broken humans is tempted because we live with unchecked and undealt with lusts and desires. And Satan the liar uses our lusts and desires to lure us in like a big fish. And when we give in to our lusts and desires, we allow sin to be born. And when sin grows up, it takes over. And if left undealt with, it will eventually kill me both spiritually and physically. Don't tell Satan the liar lies. Or don't believe Satan the liar lies. Trials, temptations all come from Satan. And Papa allows us to go through them. But trials come from Satan the liar and all good gifts come from Papa. Papa is our sanctifier. He is the perfecter of our lives. And remember that all of this comes from him and is given to us because of how much he loves us. We don't get it because we're good enough or work harder. Papa's all light. He shines all day and he shines all night. And he he uh, shines the sun. And never ever will he shift or change. He is perfect light. I believe that's true today. And I I hope that helps you to kind of get a, a handle on what what that scripture is really saying. So I want to give you six things you need to understand and engage in to allow the trials you face to become a benefit to you. Number one is this. Stop blaming God and accept your part of the responsibility. Stop blaming God and accept your part of the responsibility. That is so important for you to do that. I hear a lot of people say, God's testing me on this. and they, Why why would God do this to me? The reality is they do not understand the truth about my God. My God loves you. His nature towards me and towards you is love. He does not test us. Satan does. Satan finds places to test us when we allow our lusts, our desires, our comforts, our appetites to begin to dominate our lives. Whenever we do that, we're in trouble. This happens especially when we allow these things to lead in our decision making and in our thought life. We need to accept our responsibility in the messes we find ourselves in today. Right now, you need to just stop and say, I'm, I'm responsible for this. I've got to take responsibility for this. I heard a young lady one day, and she was talking about trials. And she was saying something like this, oh boy, I'm just filled with joy. I get to go through a trial and situation. And she was really being sarcastic. The fact was, she was really angry. She was upset at God for what had happened to her. I asked her what had happened. And the reality was that she had overspent her bank account. And that she couldn't make her car payments. And they were going to repo her car. And it wasn't a joyful moment. It was an ugly moment. But God did not cause it. She did by spending more than she could afford. I know that doesn't sound very spiritual, but it is. God was willing if she would let him, though. If she was willing to listen and learn, he was willing to take her through this lesson this trial and she could become thankful and joyful in the fact that she had learned and that she was growing and that she could move on that's where all of us need to get to the second one is this run to papa and ask for help to understand and overcome run to papa and ask for help ask for the wisdom to understand what you truly are going through a lot of us don't really understand it we think we do but we don't We need to run to the Father, we run to Papa and say, what in the world? 
what's going on. He's not upset by that. Ask for the wisdom on how to enact a solution to the situation. Run to Papa and say, what do I need to do here? I don't know most of the time what I'm, a, what I'm supposed to do. I, I, I am like the rest of you. You know, I don't have a, a, a book of, of answers. The Bible is, is my book, and I read that, but even that, sometimes I go, well, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do here. But one thing I do know, that when I run to the Father and ask for Him to help me, He does. Most people, when faced with a difficult time, are quick to ask the question, simply this, how do I get out of the mess? Anybody here ever asked that? How do I get out of this mess? I got to get out of this mess. Oh my goodness. I got to get the pain to stop. But that's the wrong question. I think our first action, our first question should be to run straight to Papa and ask, is there any sin involved in my life? That's the first thing I've got to do. Father, is there any sin? Have I done something to cause this? Is there sin in my life that I'm not listening to, that I'm not paying attention to? If there is, then I need to repent immediately. I need to repent immediately and be reconciled with my father. That's the first thing, to get back to Papa, to go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to forgive me for this. I, 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 want, I don't want this in my life. I don't want these things in my life. Then I need to ask Papa, what do I need to learn here? What are the things, what are the lessons you want to teach me here? And I think we need to listen. There are lessons in life that are being taught to us all around us if we listen for them. And then what can I learn that will refine me and set me apart? Not for my sake, but for your glory. How can I become more like you? How can I be more of a witness of your grace and love in this world? And then you ask this question, how do you want to take me through this situation, Papa? What do you want to do in me? How do you want to use me? What are the kind of things that you want to do? How are you wanting to take me through this situation? See, I've got my ideas of how I think everything ought to go, but usually when I do that, I'm getting myself in trouble. I need to ask him, how do you want to take me through? I know you didn't make the mess. I did. Satan's taken advantage of it. But Father, will you teach me? And his answer is always yes and amen on that one. Yes, yes. Absolutely, I'll teach you. If it's a situation that arises because of someone else's bad decision, and let's just face it, sometimes we get into some awful messes because of other people. Then again, we run straight to the Father, straight to Papa and ask, what do you want me to learn? How can I redeem this situation to bring glory to you and allow you to do that sanctifying work in me? Because I'll tell you what, when I'm going through stuff that other people have caused, I can get angry about that. That's the one place where I can get really mad. But that's the place where God wants to say, okay, I want you to trust me. So hard. So hard. Help me to forgive. So hard. Help me to love that person. In fact, I want you to go to that person and love them instead of being angry at them. But God, they did this to me, but I want you to go to them and love them. It's life-changing. Help me to get through this with grace. Teach me, Papa. The third thing is this. Don't shortcut the experience. Stay the course. Stay the course. You know, it's so easy to run for the medicine cabinet and grab painkiller when we're in a mess. That's what addicts do. That's what a lot of us do. We're so addicted to comfort. <coughs> you don't think you are. Give it all away and let's see how long you last. We in this age are so addicted to being comfortable. Nothing better than to settle into my chair in front of my TV in my house with the air set just right and eat whatever I want to eat. I mean, anybody here with me on that? I mean, amen? 
You know, it's just awesome. We're addicted to comfort. And addicts, that's what they do. They take drugs or look at porn or eat or whatever it is to ease the pain. That's what we comfort addicts do. We look for the easy way out. We deny it happened a lot of times. It's not my fault. Anybody ever said that one before? Hide from the person you have conflict with. You know, there's nothing better than when things are bad. Just, just hide from that person. You know, that, that's what we do. We run and hide. Anybody here ever do that one? You know, I'm not going to go see. I don't want to see. I don't want to confront them. I don't want to talk to them. They, they cause me grief. Run and hide. Pretend nothing happened. Let's just sweep it under the rug. We'll act like nothing bad ever happened. Anybody ever try to live with someone that you've swept something under? It doesn't work. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now that 99% of the problems in churches would be solved if we'd all just have an honest day. And we all just hand out sodium pentothal right there at the door and everybody take a little bit on the way in and tell the truth and get it over with and then let's pray and forgive everybody and move on. It would be so refreshing because most people are walking around going, well, I'm just, I, I like them, but I'm not talking to them anymore because, you know, they, you, know I, it, it, you just see it all the time. It, it's terrible, not just here either. And in Christianity in general, we're the best at hiding things under the rug, pretending nothing happened, hiding our true feelings. Quit being apart. We isolate. We go and get in the corner and say, I'm done. I'm not going to talk to them anymore. And everybody here, they just think they're better than me. I, I know that because I lived with a, the champion of isolators, my father. You know, he would go to church and sit in his little corner, and as soon as it got close to the end of the sermon, he'd run out the door so he didn't have to talk to anybody because, you know, everybody hated him. You know, and I know he's a little nuts. I mean, that, that's true. But you know what? I don't think he's a whole lot different than a lot of us here. A lot of you, a lot of me. There are ways that addicts cope with their addiction. They're, these are the ways they, they deal with it. It's the way we all too often deal with trials and conflicts in our lives, especially when we feel uh, we didn't do anything to cause it. And we need to quit cutting short the experience. We need to go to Papa, ask for wisdom, understanding on how to handle it, and then we need to face the person and the situation head on. The Bible actually tells us to do that. When you have a problem, go to the brother and discuss it with them. Talk it over with them. You don't go to the brother's friends and talk it over with them. You go to the brother and talk it over with them and get it, to, get it straightened out. Face it head on. Talk with them. Pronounce love. Here, here's the best part of this. When you go to see the brother, you don't go to the brother and say, you know, you're a real jerk. That's what most of us do when we go to face. We go to the brother and we pronounce love and blessing on them. And we tell them that they're important to us. And we love them and we show care for them and concern over them. See, that's how Papa does it. That's how our father does it, right? I'm so thankful that he didn't look down on me when I've done the things that I've done in my life and go, you're an idiot. What is wrong with you? you know, he, he comes to me and he speaks lovingly to me about how good I am and how much he cares about me. And that's what he wants you to do with these other in your life. Be honest and vulnerable. That's so scary. Being honest and vulnerable. You can do this because you know, first of all, how much your Papa Father loves you. That's why you can do it. See, if you, if you go to people, and I'm learning this. See, I'm in the process of learning all this. I'm growing in this area. But, but if I go to someone and, and, I, I, and, and I'm talking to them, if I don't really know that God loves me like that, then I'm not going to be vulnerable with them either. But here's the deal. If I come to you and I'm vulnerable and open and you crucify me, Papa says, man, I'm sorry, I love you. 
and he's still right there. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He never turns his back on me. He never says no to me. He just loves me. And we can do this because we know he loves us like that. So learn the lessons that he has for you. Put the, put the lessons into practice. You know what? Most of us know far more than we're doing spiritually. We are walking around full of all kinds of spiritual knowledge. I don't care right now if you have memorized every word in this book and you're not putting it into practice, it's a waste of your time. You have to put everything that he teaches you into practice. Practice it. Get busy and begin to do it. Uh, anybody here going to watch the Colts later on today? A few of you. Now, the rest of you who aren't raising your hands, how many of you are going to watch the Colts here in a little bit? Most of you. I know that because uh, you all write on Facebook and say things about it when you're watching. So it's okay. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to pronounce sin over you because you watch the Colts. That's not the point. I'm just using it as an illustration. You know what those guys have? They have a playbook. And you know what I know? I know they study that like crazy. A few years ago, I got to go to Olivet when the Bears, I know they don't have a very good playbook, but when the Bears were uh, uh, up at Olivet, and I got to go in, and I got to go what they called the war room. I walked in there, and there's all the plays. There's all the stuff they're going to do for the season. I mean, it is like an intense place. They're memorizing all this stuff. They're getting to know it. These, the, the football players are sitting like in a classroom, memorizing, working on all this information. You know why? They want, in the middle of a battle, to know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And then they're expected to actually do it. See, the problem in Christianity is we, we, we hope everybody knows that we, we pass out information all the time. We sit here like this and we pass out information. And then when we get into these trials, we go, I don't really feel like doing that because I'm just mad at them, so I'm just going to stay mad and I'm just going to throw a fit. Well, if you don't do what you know to do, don't expect a very good result. It's going to go the wrong direction. Allow the experience to move you forward towards a sanctifying experience. You know, when God takes us through these things, He's forming us. Sanctification is that moving us from who we were to, to what He wants us to be. He's creating in us this, this person we're supposed to be. And, and when we listen to Him and when we do what He says, it is part of our sanctifying experience. It changes us. We're not the same anymore. When we do this, we need to let our Father receive all the glory and all the praise for what's taking place. It shouldn't be us. We're not walking around going, look at me, I, I acted good, didn't I? It, it, let the Father, let Papa have all the glory. Let the world see how much we love each other. I'll tell you what, when we, when we let the world see us love each other as God has loved us, the world goes, wow, and they're impressed. The Bible says that, they will know, that they'll know you're Christians by your love because you love each other like Christ loves you. The fourth thing is this, and I'll move along here for you. Learn and know this. Papa has joined with you in the present experience and is using this trial to perfect you, to refine you, to make you holy, to make you like him. When you find yourself facing various trials, know that you're not going through them alone unless you choose to. If you feel like you're all alone in a situation, you need to go back and ask yourself, did I ever invite God to go with me through this? Because you know what? If you're going through it alone, you probably didn't. Because God is never one to leave you alone. He wants to join you. He will join you in the situation and in all of it. It doesn't matter what it is. He'll join you in your pain. He'll join you in your hurt. 
He'll join you in your learning experience. He'll join you when you're practicing it. He'll help you to do it right. He has wisdom to give you. He has understanding to share with you. He has the solution for it all set up. He has a desire to teach you so that you can grow. He has a desire to take territory in you so you'll become more and more like Him. That's what these are all designed for. This is why He allows us to go through them. He has the power to help you overcome. Know this, you are not alone. The trial can and will have meaning, but only if you allow the Father, Papa, to take control over it. Otherwise, it's a wasted experience. It's a wasted experience. And what a shame to have to repeat those over and over and over and over. And that's what people do. They go, man, it just seems like I, I'm one of those guys. I have one of my sons who says to me all the time, I have to learn the hard way. And I want to say to him, no, you don't. You're learning the hard way because you refuse to let someone help you. You refuse to take and do what I'm talking about right here. The fifth thing is don't fake the experience. Don't fake the experience. Stay in it until God produces pure joy. James chapter 1, verse 2 says to consider it pure joy. It doesn't say it is pure joy. I don't care who tells you that going through trials is fun. They're lying to you. It is not pure joy to go through tough times. It's hard and it's difficult. And so you have to understand that it doesn't say fake it like it's fun. James is trying to get his people. He's trying to get us to go through persecution and to grasp that if we go through the trial even though it's difficult and not fun if we allow God to use it to grow us and teach us the trial though difficult can become a place of joy it can become a place of joy joy is different than happiness okay it may not make you happy but it can make you joyful joy because it produces growth joy because it moves us closer to our father Joy, because it results in the power to be more like our Father. I've faced many trials in my life, and especially since I've become a pastor, been a lot of things come my way over the years. Even in this church, there's been some really difficult times. Some of you know some of it, and some of you don't, and it doesn't matter what it is. I have to admit that a lot of them were trials of my own making, because I was cocky, because I thought, man, I know what's going on. I'm smart. I know everything. I was pretty young when I came here, and I, I had the world by the tail. I was pretty much uh, in charge. I knew what I needed to do, and I was going to do it. And I made a lot of mistakes. Others, many other trials came my way that I had nothing to do with. I wasn't there when it happened, and I wasn't involved, and boom, the trial hit, and I've got to deal with it. They were forced upon me, not because of the situation, but because I am the pastor and the leader. And here's one thing I know, and it's this. There are several solutions where when I was going through a situation, I thought I would die. You ever been in a situation that was so hard that your heart hurt? Felt like you're going to just throw up and die. You know, in fact, it would have been more comfortable to die. I've lost sleep. I have spent many nights awake praying, thinking, and stressing out over church business. I have struggled many days sitting in an office trying to think clear when all I could think about was the problems and the situations and how in the world to get through them in these places. But here's what I have learned, that when I take these situations, no matter what they are and how difficult they really are, and some of them have been really tough, when you take those situations to the Father, to Papa, and ask for directions, He's always faithful and He's always there and He always meets the need. And now as I have moved past many of these trials, I find myself so much closer to our Father. I find myself 
in a different place because of these trials. It has moved me into his room and into his presence. And I have gone through the sanctifying process and I'm learning. I'm not there yet. I, I have been sanctified and I am being sanctified and I am being grown into the person that God wants me to be. It's a process of, of, of sometimes it's difficult. It's, it's kind of like the process that a diamond goes through to get where it's going. It's pressure. But without that pressure, it just is a lump of coal. It has to be squeezed. I have stuck it out through these various trials and I now see them as places of growth and great joy. Weird. Because with the time they weren't joyful, but they have become joy. They're a place of victory through Jesus Christ. They're a place where Satan tried to kill and steal and destroy, but he found out he could not. And I have emerged refined and pure and empowered I'm different than I was, but it's because of going through the trials and learning. Well, the series title is Thanks, and so you say, what does that have to do with giving thanks? Glad you asked. But there's one more thing I want to say. Be incredibly thankful. Be incredibly thankful that God does not waste our pain. Many of the trials we face, whether we've caused them or not caused them, cause us a great deal of pain. And the fact is, is that we can either avoid the pain, as I've talked about, or remain the same, or we can allow the pain to grow us into something more. When I was in Kansas City, many, many moons ago now, years ago, when I was a kid, really just in my early 20s, and I started, I was running all the time, and when we moved to this one duplex that we lived in uh, we lived over by a place called Swope Park and Swope Park is the second largest city park in the United States a big old giant park got the city zoo right in that park in Kansas City Zoo and we lived right over there by it and I would run down and I would go down the hill and around and I'd go on the outside perimeter of the zoo and run around through the park it was a beautiful run it was a perfect place to run there was very few cars and just as nice, and it was just fun, and, and, and it was really weird if you ran towards the evening, a lot of times you'd run down through there, and you'd hear the lions and tigers and everything roaring down there. It was a little spooky, you know, when you thought about it, you know, but, but they were in a zoo, and you assumed they had them captured and still tied up, but um, anyway, you'd run around that zoo, and, and uh, the problem with that was there was one little problem. At the end of that, you had to come up to get out of there a long, 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 long hill. You had to run up that hill. There was no other way out because it was lower than where we lived up here. You, you know, you think Kansas City, you think flat, and it is as soon as you get into Kansas, but in Missouri, it's hilly right there. And so it was really hilly and had to run up that thing. So every day I'd run that and I'd be like going, and then I'd hit the hill. And I remember the first time I ran up that hill, I started up and about a third of the way up, I'm like, I'm not going to make it. And I had to walk up the hill. But I kept at it. I didn't give up, and so I'd run through there every day, and I'd take different routes and everything, but I had to come back to the hill every time, and I would run up the hill. And a little at a time, I kept working at it, I kept working at it, and eventually, I could run up the hill. And what I found out it was doing was it was making me better, even though it was a trial at the time, and I hated that. Man, I, I would just, oh, man, Lord, could, couldn't you flatten that out? Come on, you know, I mean, it just something. But I would run up that hill, and it made me stronger and then eventually when I ran other places and a little hill would come along, I didn't even notice. I just went right up it. 
because I had run up the hill long enough. I had faced the trial head on, and it had made me better, and I became incredibly one thing is for sure, Papa doesn't waste our pain. He uses it to grow us into the people He made us to be. And I'm thankful for that today. And I'm most thankful today that I'm in the process of becoming more and more like Him as I submit my will, my brokenness, my pain to Him. See, I have not arrived any more than you have. I'm still in the process. And when things happen in my life, there's still moments where I kind of swallow hard and say, oh, oh, that's going to cause me problems. That's going to get painful. And I don't want to go through it. But then I remember my father because I've gone on it before. And even though it's an uphill climb and a battle, and even if it hurts and difficult at times, I know that I'm in the process of becoming more and more and more like him. I'm more like him today than I was yesterday. And I'm more like him by far than I was 20 years ago. So the question I have for you today is this. What battles or trials are you facing today? And I want you to think about that for a minute. Just give yourself some time to just kind of process that. What are some of the things you're facing? Because don't tell me, oh, I don't have any trials, because then you're just lying. And you shouldn't do that in church. Or anywhere else either, but especially in church. You're going through trials. What are they? And here's the question. Are you just looking for a way out, an easy solution? Quick and easy so you can return to the comfort of the past? You know, because part of the time, i got to be honest with you, I think, man, I'd sure like to go back to name a time, and then I think about it, and I go, no, I wouldn't, not really. Because I've gone way beyond that. I've, I've grown since then. Are you running away from it, pretending as though it never happened? If I don't, don't face it, it didn't really happen, because that ain't going to work either. Or are you facing the trial and running to Papa and asking him to go through it with you? See, a few months ago, I was in my house, and it was in the evening, and it was dark already outside, and the lights were on the front part, but not down in the hallway where the bathroom's at, and my little three-year-old granddaughter was there. Her name is Ellie, and Ellie was down playing in the front room, and she said, I gotta go to the bathroom, you know, and she jumped up, and she knows where to go, and she starts to head for the bathroom like she normally would, and she headed down the hall, or down the, across the kitchen towards the hallway, and when she got to the hallway, it was dark, and she looked down there, and she comes back, and she goes, Papa, go with me. And she reached out and took my hand and she led me down to the dark hallway where I turned on a light and helped her to go to the restroom. That's the picture that I want you to get today. It's not being perfect because you're never going to be there. But it's knowing that things are tough and when they do get tough, you can run over to Papa and say, here, you go with me. And you grab his hand. And it doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter how tough things are because you got his hand, and he will walk there with you. And the Bible says that he's all light, and the light comes on, and the light shines, and it's going to be okay, because he's in charge. And for that, I am absolutely, absolutely thankful today. He's ready to take you through anything today, and he wants to use it to grow you, and he wants to use it to make you new. And for that, you need to be extremely grateful. Here's the one last thing, and then I'm done. The reality is you can't access that in your life if you don't know Him as your Savior. If you don't know Jesus Christ has died on a cross for you, you don't know that He was raised from the dead and that He loves you and that He's your Savior, 
You're missing out on all that. You can't use that because you don't know him. If you don't know him today, I urge you to turn your life over to him. I am assuming that most of you do, but if you don't, come to know him. It's the best thing you'll ever do in your life. Swallow your pride. Get rid of your dignity. Get on your knees and say, God, I need your help. Best thing that will ever happen to you ever, I promise you. Better than anything else. Better than a million dollars. Better than winning the lottery. Better than anything that will happen in your life. I promise you that. Second thing I want to say is this. If you're in a situation and you do know him, run to him. Run fast. Just go to him and ask him to help. He'll be right there with you. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. If some of you need to pray, maybe you need to accept Christ as your Savior, that'd be great. We'd love to help you do that today. We, we had two this week who've accepted Christ as their Savior, and we just give God praise for that. I'm just celebrating that. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing I want to say is this. If you want to just pray because you're going through a situation and you want to run to the Papa right now, this is a good place to do it. And, and you're welcome to do that right now. Let's stand together as Nathan leads us. And if God is speaking to your heart and you want to pray, we'll pray with you. We'll have a time of prayer. Anybody wants to pray, you don't have to come up and count, but it'd be great to have some people come up and just surround and just pray for people. If you'd like to do that right now, just come on up. Thank you. Appreciate that. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your being so good to us. We thank you that you love us so much and that no matter what we're going through and no matter what we face and how difficult life can get, that, God, we can always run to you. And when we run to you, your hand reaches out to us. You are so excited. It's not like we have to beg you. We don't have to plead. Oh, come on, God, you can do this. You just come to us and you say, here you Here's what you need. I've got you. I've got you. You're so excited about that, Lord. Help us to remember that. Lord, help us to just be able to let go of all the stuff. Let go of all the things that are in the way. Help us to just let go and say, Lord, you're in charge. We trust you. We believe in you. We're going to hold on to you. You are our God and we're your people and we're going to follow you with everything that's in us. God, I pray right now that you will be here at this altar. You know the needs that, are, uh, that they're going through, that people are going through. And Lord, you know what the, the need is today. And God, I would just pray your, your power, your blessing would be upon them and that there would be healing and there would be redemption and there would be anything that needs to happen, Lord, that you would just take care of it. We trust you, Papa. Go with us. Walk with us, Papa. We reach out our hand and you take it. Thank you. Lord, I pray right now that you will be in all the things that are going on in everybody's life. Right now, I have some things. Lord, I just give them to you. I give them to you, and I'm trusting you, and I'm believing for you to do great things, and I'm just waiting on you, Father, and I'm just going to let you have control. This is your church. Lord, I realize that. Sometimes I think it's mine, but it's not. It's your church. I'm a steward. Everyone here, we're stewards of this church. We have a hundred years of people stewarding this church, Lord, and we're not ready to quit. We're just going to believe you're going to help us do greater things ahead. And we just praise you and thank you. Bless each person as they leave here today. May they go in the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. May they sense your peace and your joy on them in every way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Continue to pray as long as we need to. Feel free to continue to pray.